This is Courtney with Reckless Cards and my beautiful co-host, Mrs. Squirts, the original Mrs. Breaker, Sarah. Hey, girl. We are here on our very first episode of the Dangerous Games podcast. This is a sports crime podcast with an emphasis on the hobby. You're right. Yep. Absolutely. So we are really excited to get started with this. We've been talking about this for a while. We feel like it's a good uh, cross genre because there's so many people that are affected and card sales that are affected and just everything that happens when a crime takes place within the sports world. Correct. Yep, for sure. It's so, not just the players. It's not just the players' families. I mean, it's it's the whole market as a whole and the fan base and everybody so absolutely unfortunately or you know it's the nature of the beast when you are an athlete your image your brand and your skills are commodified and we've seen that recently with what happened with um you know hamlin when he got injured all of a sudden his card market went through the roof which Mm -hmm. is in my opinion kind of gross but it is the nature of you know the hobby people are immediately when there is something newsworthy it affects the market so or tom brady also retiring today coming out and finally saying that he is for sure retiring you know uh, <laughs> it's like everybody and their best friend is pulling out those tom brady guards because it's once in a lifetime again um situation it is once in a lifetime again this is twice <laughs> in a lifetime <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. That was. Uh, we'll see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait and see if he stays retired. But. Personally, I hope he does, so other teams have an opportunity. But it's time. It's it, time. It was time last time. It was time when he did it the first time. Yes, so I agree. Did the Super Bowl out of he it. Did. So I, I understand, but I think this year it kind of just showed how kind of sloppy he's getting, and I think his age is just finally catching up. And I think it's just kind of like, hey. Enjoy your retirement. Mans is older than me, and I'm not going to be out on a football field taking hits. Well, <laughs> not that way. <laughs> I don't think either one of us were ever going to be out there. I mean, I mean, if the money's right, the money's right, right? Speak for yourself. I go out on a field and take some hits. Walmart. Well, I'd walk out there and just be like, "Ooh, she's on IR already." <laughs> All right. Well. I think, so basically what I'd like to do with this podcast is we'll start out, we'll talk about any like pertinent, like current sports news or, um, you know, crimes or anything that has happened recently. And then we'll dive into one case every week. Uh, Today's case, I'm, and and we're going to go back and forth. So one week I'll do a case and one week Sarah is going to do a case and we're not going to tell each other what we're doing. Like other than like, this is the case I'm doing. And then we're going to just react to each other's stories because I, I tend to pick like old stories that like, you'll never, like you, you might not even know these athletes and Sarah (laughs) has a few too, but hers are more like, she likes some of the modern cases, which I, I find I'm coming for you. I don't think you're going to get them (laughs) one way or another. So, all right. So with that, my case is the murder at sea, murder at sea of Bison Daly. Most people would remember him as Brian Williams. And that is if they remember him, because a lot of people have no idea that he 
played. Um, so I'm going to dive right into it. Bryson Carson Williams, or I'm sorry, Brian Carson Williams was born April 6th, 1969 to Patricia Phillips and the platter singer Eugene Gino Williams Jr. He was the youngest of two boys. Williams attended the University of Maryland for one year, and then he transferred to um, the University of Arizona for two seasons, where he was then drafted to the Orlando Magic in 1991. He was like the 10th overall draft pick. That's huge. He was pretty good. Uh, He would end up playing for five NBA teams, though, over only eight seasons. So he did not stay in one place for a very long time, and he bounced around. Um, Part of that, I'll explain later, was he had some mental health issues. Um, He started at the Magic, and then he went to the Nuggets, then the Clippers, and he even ended up playing nine games with the Chicago Bulls in 97 and secured himself a championship ring. In 98, he signed a seven-year, $45 million contract with the Detroit Pistons, Michigan standout, um, becoming their highest paid player, which is crazy. So that same year, Williams changed his name to Bison Daly. And this was a nod to his um, Native American and African uh, heritage. But by the uh, 1999-2000 season, Williams, now daily, would shock the NBA and really the country by walking away from basketball and the remaining $36.45 million on his contract. He just walked away. He was like, I'm done. Um, However, if you know Daly's history, maybe it wasn't as shocking as it seemed. While playing for Orlando, uh, Daly was miserable and attempted to take his own life. Um, He was diagnosed as clinically depressed, and he actually became one of the first cases of mental health uh, issues in the NBA to go public. Uh, They just didn't talk about that back then, Uh, and I still think they kind of don't, but it's... I still think it's hush-hush, too. It is. It it really is, and that's sad because... Especially males. Especially men. It's, it's, It's very sad, and maybe some of the issues and some of these crimes that we're going to cover in this podcast wouldn't be happening if they took mental health more seriously in these sports or if we didn't like push men to just like bottle their feelings up. So old too. I mean, we we want them to be the male, like the masculine, you know, big honcho. And it's like, sometimes they're not that way and it's not right. I agree. Daily, I think was kind of a sensitive guy too. Um, And I think maybe mental health issues run in his family as we'll see Mm -hmm. when we go on with this. So Daly was naturally gifted at basketball, but he it was never his passion. He didn't even really like it. Growing up, his parents got divorced, and Daly and his brother, Kevin, grew up without their father. Um, Daly's brother, Kevin, was two years older, but a lot less successful than his younger brother. Like his brother, Kevin suffered from severe depression and also made an attempt on his own life. He also changed his name to Miles Dabbard. That's where their similarities end, though. Um, while Daly's star was rising, Dabbard was spiraling. He watched his brother become a superstar, play on the Bulls, do all this stuff. Dabbard faced his inability to play because of asthma. Like, he was built very similar. Like, they looked very similar in appearance, size, everything. Mm-hmm. But Kevin had severe asthma, so he could never play sports. Um, and instead of like doing something else with his life, he became an alcoholic and he blamed all of his problems on his brother's success. And he would actually end up going on to attempt suicide many, many more times. 
over the years. Uh, well, Daly always took care of his brother financially, so he wouldn't end up sleeping on the streets. It was more out of an obligation than for love. Daly and Dabbard never, ever got along. And while Dabbard's resentment grew, thinking his brother was living this amazing life, like he just was resenting his brother, thinking, oh, you got this great life. Daly was severely struggling with his own mental health this whole time. He was miserable playing basketball. Um, over his time in the NBA, aside from his first suicide attempt, he also passed out while guarding Shaq in practice. He crashed his car into a pole, and a lot of people thought that was um, intentional. He even once tried to open the emergency hatch on the Clippers tour bus while they were driving. That Ooh. caused him to get benched with the Clippers, and that's how he actually ended up on the Bulls for nine games because he almost didn't play at all in the 96-97 season. Um, but his, he's very, he was a very talented basketball player, so the Bulls called him up. Needless to say, it really isn't surprising that he walked away from the game as he openly talked about how basketball was the cause of his depression. Like He would tell anyone, like, I'm so depressed because I hate what I'm doing. Um, after Daly retired, though, when he walked away, his outlook seemed to change dramatically. He ran with the Bulls in Spain. He backpacked, he backpacked across Europe, DJed parties, played the saxophone, he got his pilot's license, and like his Bulls um, teammate, he even dated Madonna for a while. Hey. Chase <laughs> their own. I'm like, is there anyone she didn't date? Like, Probably I get not. It. Get it, I guess. But damn, I was like, damn, he dated Madonna? Wow. So he finally seemed to be happy. And the culmination of this wonderful new life was in 2000 when he moved to Tahiti and purchased a 55-foot catamaran he named Hakuna Matata, which we all know means no worries for the rest of your days. Um, but sadly, that would not be the case for Bison, Daly, his girlfriend Serena Carlin, and Captain Bertrand Saldo. Serena, his girlfriend, was described as a serious and conservative girl by those who knew her. She had an IMDb credit randomly for makeup on Heartwood. Um, I found that interesting, and I couldn't find anything else about that. But I was just, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But she was actually going to school to get her real estate broker's license uh, at the time of her disappearance. So she was successful. She went to college. She, you know, did makeup on, on Heartwood with, like, Hillary Swank. And then she was going to get her real estate broker's license. So, and she was beautiful, gorgeous. She was she had these like arresting deep blue eyes. She was just a stunning girl. She had known Daly for eight years because her college roommate had dated him in high school. And so oh. they somehow met and they had been together. Yeah, so they'd known each other for eight years. Yeah. And at the time of all of this happening, they had been dating for about eight months. Um, and he was just thrilled. So when um, when Daily Astro was sailing in December, she had initially agreed to go for like five weeks, but ended up staying longer because she was having such a wonderful time. Um, I looked up uh, Captain Bertrand Saldo, and unfortunately, he's French, and they're just like where I the newspapers and stuff would talk mm -hmm. about uh, Carlin and all of her family and people like reaching out to the press about her with Saldo, I think it's just because he's, he wasn't American and I didn't really have access to, you know, newspapers and other countries. Right. So I, I couldn't find as much about him, but he seemed like a solid person. Um, and again, he was lost in this story. So it's important that we talk about him. Mm. 
Um, so I, I did it, but he was also lost at sea with them. In February of 2002, Kaplan flew to New Zealand to be with Daly. Initially, just for that short stay, like I was talking about, but she later decided to spend the entire year sailing with Daly and Captain Zeldo. Over those months, everything went to plan. And in May of 2002, Daly and Carlin were planning to fly to Tahiti, where the boat was, you know, right. docked. Um, and then unexpectedly, Dabbert arrived in New Zealand also, under the premise of wanting to fix his relationship with his brother. Everyone was kind of surprised. He wasn't invited. He just showed up. And um, Daly, I don't know, decided to be gracious and was like, okay, we're going to sail. You can come with. Their mother later recounted that she was like, pretty excited about this because she right. thought that like oh here's her brother her son's finally trying to like rectify their relationship yeah. so carlin and daily uh they flew together to tahiti and then later um later saldo and dabbard flew and and we're going to meet up with them when they uh, when they arrived saldo described dabbard as being like really difficult while they were traveling together and like a problem like, he was, like, basically, this guy's a dick. So um, that should have been maybe a sign for them that this wasn't going to go as, as well as it had been planned. But I guess Daly gave him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure. So on June 6, 2002, Daly and Carlin, Saldo, and, Dab and Dabbard all set sail. And this is where the story becomes sad and really sorted. Um, eventually, every passenger on the Hakuna Matata would all meet a sad end. Every single one of them. When... Sailing daily, always kept in radio contact with his friends and family. Like he would always radio in and let, you know, his financial advisor know where he was, his mom, his girlfriend, whatever. Um, and he, he did on this trip too, up until June 8th. Carlin radio daily's financial advisor that all was well and everyone was in good spirits. And no further communication ever came from the Hakuna Matata. Carlin, Saldo, and Daly were never seen again after that day or heard from. That was June 8th, 2002. Wow. Dabbard, though, popped up in an island on the island of Moria on July 8th and spent a week in the sun with his girlfriend, Erica Weiss. Later, on July 16th, a ship matching the Hakuna Matata, but now named the Aria Bella, even though you could see that it was painted over, that it used to save a Hakuna Matata, but that was the Aria Bella, uh, showed up on Tahiti, on a, like the coast of Tahiti with a man who fit Dabbard's description and he was the sole passenger on board. No other passengers were spotted with him traveling. It did take time for anyone to question Daly's whereabouts due to his wandering lifestyle since his retirement. And until September when uh, Dabbard masquerading as Daly wrote a fraudulent check mm -hmm while trying to buy $150,000 worth of gold from a mint in the Phoenix, Arizona area using his brother's passport and checkbook. Yes. So this was after he had already tried to purchase $500,000 with Daly's credit cards and passport. Um, it was crazy. Kevin Porter, that financial advisor that um, Serena had messaged that everything was going great in the beginning of the trip, uh, immediately knew something was amiss yeah. because Daly rarely wrote checks and he certainly wasn't buying like blocks of gold from mints anywhere. So he, uh, he also noticed that on the check when it came through, because he was able to buy that $152,000 worth of stuff. Um, when it came through the phone number and the address on the check had been altered and they were not the correct one for Daly. What? 
So he, yeah, I know, it gets even crazier. So he alerted authorities and they quickly arrested Dabbard. But he had a slick excuse. He, according to Dabbard, Daly had sent him to purchase the gold. And without Daly to refute this, they had no choice but to let him go because they couldn't, like, yeah. they couldn't find Daly. They couldn't prove that this was not true and he had his stuff. Um, but it was right around that time that he headed right to California and reunited with his girlfriend, Erica Weiss. So as he was there, you know, visiting with her, the authorities were discovering that Daly, Carlin, and Saldo had not been heard from by their families in months. And they did find out about the man that fitted, that fitted um, Dabbard's de description, mm -hmm. sailing the boat by himself. Um, it, and, and that had been like renamed and that was so sketchy. So they, you know, they start to like question what's going on. And at this point, Dabbard's starting to realize that, you know, maybe they're starting to be on him. So he allegedly confessed to his girlfriend, Erica Weiss, what had happened on the boat. Now, this is all just like her saying, saying said, or whatever. I'm going to tell you in her words what she said he told her before okay. he disappeared again. So Dabber told Weiss that he and Dilly had gotten into a fight, like a physical altercation on the boat. And Carlin tried to break it up, uh, Dilly's girlfriend, Serena. Mm -hmm. During the struggle, he claims that Deli struck her, so his brother hit his girlfriend, okay. and she fell and hit her head on uh, on the deck of the boat, and she died from that injury. Like, died. Okay. So Captain Saldo, upon seeing this, demanded the Daily go to report her death, and in a fit of fear and rage, Daly beat the captain to death with a wrench. Now, Dabbard was fearful for his life. He was terrified of his brother, who just killed his girlfriend, and then beat the captain to death, allegedly. So he pulled out a gun that he had, and he shot Daly to death, you know, to protect himself. Um, and instead of doing the right thing, because had this story been like what he said it was, they would have been able to prove this forensically. This is 2002, after all. Yes. And he could have been, you know, exonerated. He decided that a better idea would be to weigh down all of the bodies and dump them into the shark-infested water. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then sail away. because, oh. And then go and try and kind of take over his brother's identity and yeah. money and passport and just all of that. So um, eventually, though, after all of this craziness, uh, the FBI was able to obtain proof that Dabbard himself had purchased 200 pounds of weight before the Hakuna Matata had set sail. And he had claimed that they were, there was just weight that was already on the boat that oh. he found. So that made his story seem very much less plausible and more like the premeditated murder most people think that it was. Um, now that the authorities were on to him, he planned to go on the run. He called his mom and begged her to believe him when he said he would never hurt his brother. And that was the last time that Patricia would hear from her son, either of her sons. Um, a massive manhunt ensued, and Dabbard fled to Mexico, where authorities eventually found him unconscious on a beach in Tijuana. He had overdosed on insulin. Um, he was in a coma for two weeks. Eventually, on September 28th, his mother made the decision to take him off of life support, and he passed away. With his death, mm. what really happened aboard the Hakuna Matata will always remain a mystery and is considered unsolved. So that is wow. the mysterious and sad... 
story of Brian Williams, a.k.a. Bison Daly, and his girlfriend, uh, Ms. Carlin, and Captain Saldo. I I mean, that's that's gut-wrenching. I mean, being a mother, and you're a mother as well, um, to lose one child and have absolutely no clue what happened, and then to have another child basically be taken from you as well, like... You knew that this was a setup. Like, there's no way. I mean, this is my opinion. I have absolutely no clue. I'm not a detective, but we're going to get detective-ish right now. Exactly. Um, I personally feel like this is, yes, premeditated murder. I think that what he told his girlfriend, um, is, that's a load of crap. Oh, yeah. Because he's always been the one with the aggressive manner and demeanor and approach in life so it's kind of like of course it's not i mean not saying that the other one doesn't have that they come from the same lifestyle for sure uh, but jealousy i think there's jealousy there's rage um it's that's depressing yeah i mean daily had no reason to no. harm his girlfriend, to fight his brother, like other than like his brother being annoying, and maybe they did have a fight, but I, I just I can't see him just everything that you know Dabbard says was based in a way to make him look the best that right. that he could possibly look. It was taking right. absolutely no accountability for the fact that after his brother did apparently this horrible thing instead right. of going and, and doing the right thing he just like tossed to their bodies and this innocent girl who had nothing to do with this and the captain also it's you're just gonna do, to like their whole their families imagine being that girl too or or mm -hmm. the captain on the boat or the captain you know anytime you see a, a celebrity die and then there's multiple people involved they get like pushed to the side Right. Every article that I looked at, it was a it was like columns of information about you know bison, and like a like a blurb or a paragraph about you know her or her. and and, and then nothing nothing yeah. about Captain right. So it was really um it was heart wrenching. It really and, I mean it is because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You know, he could have done anything, he, like, yeah. because you couldn't play basketball. Like, mm -hmm. you had every opportunity that he had. You could have gone in and done anything. Go be, you know, you can't play basketball. Go be a lawyer if you want to make him money. Go to join a bowling team. I mean, that's the thing is, and then the sad part is, is his brother wasn't even happy with being a basketball player. And yet you're jealous of him being unhappy because he – is getting paid this money, but he also gave up so much money. So it's like, to me, there had to have been like even a further like underlining reason for this, you know, like other than just what he said, like like something snapped in him, like you know. You well, I mean, it's clear it's clear that mental health issues ran in that family. Oh. They were both severely depressed people. They were inclined to suicidal tendencies, you know. He like uh, Bison officially tried to, you know, like where like they they talk about it, um, mm -hmm. commit suicide once, mm -hmm. and then he like potentially tried to like crash his car 
into a pole. And, you know, Dabbard, he multiple times tried to, you know, kill himself. And then he, you know, he finally succeeded, but he took out three innocent people with him at the same time or like within weeks or whatever. So it was just, it's, it's so sad all the way around. You know, this is like, this kind of brings me full circle to like, when we talk about people getting kind of erased around uh, a celebrity when something big happens. If you look at like, I actually went and I bought a card of, of um, Bison Daily oh. over the, like the other day. I'll post it up on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. But his autographs, like authentic autographs, like Upper Deck or like licensed ones through like wherever, they go for like $250. It's crazy. crazy. And you have like starting players like Ron Harper or whatever. Their autographs go for like ten bucks. Right, <laughs> it's crazy. Or like, right. I, or like you can even like Randy Brown, who did, who was arguably like as important to the team as like a, a Brian Williams was. I mean, he played nine games and that was it. Um, and his autographs also go for like ten bucks. But then you have, you know, people are, are very fascinated with the macabre and like these kinds of things. So you see cards that wouldn't necessarily be worth anything. All well, of a sudden, are. Think- do you think it's the nostalgia of it? The fact that it is a piece of history. See, so when I start looking um, at people who pass away who are in the sporting, not necessarily, like, just... You know, it doesn't even have to be murder. I know what you're going to say. Anything. Yeah, it, it, to me, it doesn't... I want a piece of history. You know, yeah. when Kobe passed, everybody wanted a piece of him. Like, wanted his auto, wanted his jersey, wanted all this stuff. Because the thing is, is you weren't going to get it again. Like, no. Like, what there is is what there is, and you can't get it again. Yeah. And there's just something about somebody who you really care about and you're really interested about diving in and taking, you know, and getting that card. Like, I'm so happy you did that. Like, that is awesome. There's a couple people who I've been, like, looking up for these podcasts that – they never they were in sports like they made it to a national league but there's no cards of them so it's like to have that that's freaking phenomenal like you don't it is but you know with with someone though like brian williams uh bison daily he talk to anyone and they don't know who he is i they don't don't, they don't they never like when i told you i was gonna do this case you were like the 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 news news anchor And I'm like, no. I'm like, you'll see. I was so confused. I grew up in Chicago. Yeah. And, you know, this story was like headline news when it happened because he was missing. And he did play for the Bulls. And now I live in Detroit. So, you know, people, you don't walk away from a a $35, $36 million on a contract. And not like then. Yeah. It is now. I mean, equivalent. Like, that's. He was their highest. Like, even you talk about like money not buying you happiness, I feel like this guy's story was like the absolute epitome of that because he was so happy to just like leave. He said, like, at at times he said, like, um, I made enough money, like, to live the life that I want to live. And just so the one I think silver lining of this is at least he like left and he got to live a, a few years just being like, really happy you know he he was he genuinely was happy I mean he got to run with the bulls like some people will never get that experience he got to date Madonna he got to DJ at at like huge events and travel Europe and learn to fly and buy a boat and sail you know like went out in this world 
loving somebody who loved him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's hard in this day and era too, you know, is to feel loved and to be loved. And especially coming from a household that might've been struggling with depression and, you know, really, really dark thoughts to really feel loved and not feel those dark thoughts is, I, I mean, if he, if he is truly gone, you know, we don't know because, you know, he could be in the Bahamas, you know, for all we know, but it sounds like he is. And I think that he went out at least happy and that's yeah. sad to say, but whew. it is, it's so, well, that is the sad and mysterious mm. case of Brian Williams, AKA Bison Daily. So thank you guys for joining us yes. and um, go ahead and like, subscribe and follow us. If you would like more of this content, we will be back next week with our next episode. So thanks yes. again. Thanks guys. Bye. Hello.